Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about living in the moment, philosophy weekly, and we have part one of our interview with Janine Sanders. Welcome to The Kindness Project. Uh, I'm joined by a man who is still using his Pigsley Blankets mug, even though it's just gone Easter. It's Chris Dames. Uh, this is a this is a mug for all seasons. This this. Uh... The pig on it is wearing a winter coat. <laughs> and I'm joined by a girl who is living in the moment. It's Charlotte Dames. How are you doing, Charlotte? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. good. Talk to me about living in the moment, then, because I quite like that concept. Um, because uh, I'm trying to take less and less pictures of things because, like. Um, if you take pictures of things, you're going to miss it happening in real life. Uh, and at the moment, uh, my phone is dead because I broke my last charger. So I've been without a phone since yesterday, and it's not that bad. Yeah, you know, you get used to it. Don't yeah, you? I haven't had a phone for at least 24 hours now, so yeah. it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, and I think that live, that concept of living in the moment and just being in a situation where you experience what's around you as opposed to just experiencing mm. it through a screen. I mean, I, I, I like, take, I enjoy taking photos. Yeah, yeah, so do I. But sometimes you've just got to put your phone down and look and at it, look at it yeah. look at, experience it. What do you think, Maz? Yeah. Oh, sorry. We're, we're joined again by our esteemed producer, um, the man who is clear on what he'd done in his tea and not, it's <laughs> Russell Dames. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good. And um, talk to us about what you think about living in the moment. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm living in the moment. Okay. Yeah. That's insightful. Cheers, mate. Can you tell us where people can get in touch with us? Um, Righto. So at Twitter, we are at Ola Kindness. Uh, uh, Facebook, if you just put the Kindness Project in the search bar, we should come up. Uh, we have a website which is www.thekindnessproject.co.uk and we have an email which is ola.thekindnessproject.co.uk uh, we also have an Instagram but I couldn't tell you how to get to it without my phone and that's dead so <laughs> <laughs> exactly because you're living in the I'm moment living in the moment we don't need to view everything through an Insta filter do we you know, I don't it's... like filters they're too like fake and yeah. plastic and... I don't I don't mind a bit of following but filters are plastic oh, I saw this video on um, photo editing uh, and how they use it in magazines and there was a thing where it showed the before and after the editing and like that is a real beauty yeah that's that all like the airbrushing? yeah and they yeah, change the colour and they like yeah. and they whitewash a lot of stuff it's like yeah yeah that's not beauty that's just plastic yeah we're be- be- code Beauty is more natural, isn't it? You know, beauty is more, you know, the 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 real beauty comes from loving um, both the beauty and the flaws and imperfections of, yep. of everything, you know, because we're all um, flawed and imperfect in our own unique ways, aren't we? Yes, that's... You're just trying to be deep now, aren't you? I'm not trying to be deep at all. I just, I just think that, you know, if we had a reduced... Um, perception of what perfect looks like. It'd be it'd be better for all of us. Welcome to philosophy <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, we do the odd bit of philosophy on the uh, on the kindness project, don't we? So uh, 
But I just think, I think if we were kinder to ourselves every now and again, um, and I think sometimes the challenge with doing that is we're not kind to ourselves because we um, compare ourselves to unrealistic alternatives, don't we? Yep. Welcome to the Kindness Project Philosophy Edition. Um, so, uh, the um, the question of this week's podcast is one of our most philosophical. It's one of our most pertinent. It's one of our actually potentially most controversial what, what questions. Put that back. Uh, that's my coffee. I'm, yeah, I'm just about to drink it. Um, and it's number three on my list of questions here. And uh, I'm going to get Charlotte to tell you what it is. Okay. You guys ready for this? I'm really excited for this question. Um, pirates or ninjas? Now, I think there's only one answer to this. Pirates, obviously. I think pirates. I think what pirates. do you think, Mouse? Yeah, I'll go with pirates. You'll go with pirates. I, I think, actually, we're not going to get that many answers saying ninjas. I mean, ninjas are cool, aren't they? Ninjas. I think Hawkeye was a, a, a sort of Ronin at one point, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, there, there's all about yeah. Pirates we, are cool though. They're like why, uh, they, why develop, they, cool? they developed from privateers. Um, it was a fairly gender equal environment. A lot of them were gay, and they had bedtimes. You're talking as if it was historic, though. There's still pirating going on. Oh, I'm talking about like Elizabethan pirates and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think Somalian pirates are the ones that we think yeah. are particularly cool, to be honest. <laughs> no, I, was about I, think our, I think our perception of pirates are probably what geezers with wooden legs and like sort of eye patches and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I was thinking and a, like. And a parrot on there. I don't agree. Oh, okay. I, I, I couldn't believe that a geezer with a wooden leg would be on a boat, swaying side to side, he'd be forever falling over. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I was I, thinking more of those people with the big black boots. I but... have an official question in the podcast. What is your favourite pirate? It's all gone quiet on the kindness project. Um... <sighs> that one out of the Goonies. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. My favourite pirate is Pop-Up Pirate. You know that game where you stick swords in a barrel? Oh, I love that game. And you, that's uh, a bit of a cheat, though, isn't it? I ain't a proper pirate. So, sorry, <laughs> well, of course What are you Pop-up... saying about Pop-Up Pirate? Well, of course Pop-Up Pirate is a proper pirate. No. But plastic pirate is no better than a plastic person. Uh, uh, okay. That's we... just... Are we back to Instagram? I don't know if this is going to be a debate about plastic surgery or artificial intelligence, and I don't know which would be I worse. I don't think I don't think Pop Up Pirate was that intelligent, to be <laughs> honest. All he did was pop up at random times. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I don't I don't know whether that requires a decent amount of intelligence. Well, then he couldn't have been artificial intelligence because human cannot humans cannot in our heads create perfect randomization. Neither, neither can Bob up a hoe, right? 
But it was, no, he, he was a computer coach. He could create no, perfect randomisation. I don't, I don't know how they randomised pop-up pirate, but they managed to do it. <laughs> so, um, what's your favourite ninja? <laughs> it's got to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. See, I might be changing my mind on the yeah, podcast I live. Think, uh, I think the Ninja Turtles are the only turtles I've ever heard of. The only turtles are <laughs> the, the only ninjas. The only ninjas I've ever heard of. But the challenge... Right, this is a challenge, right? So I'm thinking pirates are cooler. My favourite pirate is Pop-Up Pirate. And my favourite ninja than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're cooler than Pop-Up Pirate. So am I changing my mind to ninjas? I don't know. What do you think, listener? Let us know. Listen a lot. There's only one when we know there isn't. Yeah, we're doing all right. I mean, we we've, got, right. we've got our esteemed producer here today. Talk to us about numbers, Russ, because we've, because uh, uh, I, I mean, clearly you're we're recording the podcast, so you've prepared um, for this, right? When I checked this this morning, yeah, when Daddy asked, it was seventy-seven thousand two hundred and fifteen. Okay. All time, Dad. Oh, you know what? The world. Um, can you do me a favour, listeners? Because I've got a thing about odd numbers. So 215 is clearly not a number we want to rest on. And um, we had that discussion the other day about numbers and... I don't know if that was on the podcast or... What, what About um, which numbers I liked and which orders and... That is definitely a conversation for another time. On the podcast. See? Uh, yeah, okay, so remind me about that. No, we have a lot of conversations. Very long-winded. All right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we did have that conversation, yeah. didn't we? I, I enjoyed that. Um, you just sat uh, and listened to me waffle. So our, our current stats are 77,217 u- unique downloads. Uh, we can't end it there because it's... On 3,000! Yeah, we, we will actually, what we'd like to do, dear listener, and if you are enjoying the Kindness Project in any way, shape or form, uh, tell a friend. Um, but um, certainly we'd love tell to get to... Tell a thousand friends. T- tell a thousand friends. Tell everybody. Um, it, we'd love to get up to 100,000 <laughs> downloads within the next... Um, within the next... Um, yeah. I don't know, four days? Four or five days? Is that too that's, ambitious? That's too ambitious. By the end of the year, we won't. Oh, no, we, no, no, no. We won. Next four or five days. So get to work. Do you know the next four and five days for us is just over two weeks away? Okay, get to work. <laughs> what in the face? Oh, no. <laughs> um, but no, if you, if you can uh, share the Kindness Project, that would be... Absolutely amazing. Uh, before I lose my mind, shall we crack on with the show? Let's do it. So we've been doing a thing over the last couple of weeks, talking about how people uh, during lockdown have um, decided to use lockdown as um, uh, a thing to learn new skills, um, stay positive, and um, and you know cope with what's going on in their lives. And I want to share the story of. Susan Palmer, um, who during lockdown decided that skateboarding might be a lot of fun. Um, she thinks it might have been a midlife crisis because um, Susan is 51, but she borrowed a longboard from a lad at work and then bought a longboard um, from a teenager on eBay. Um, and she's been skateboarding around her village 
and using car parks to practice away from people um, and has been really enjoying the experience. Um, she says it's a very free feeling rolling along on the longboard and the nicest thing when they see a 50 year old woman approaching them on a skateboard. Hmm. Um, everyone's been supported, um, supportive. The first day she went to the skateboard park, she said there were some lads there, young men or teenagers, and I asked if they would film me on the board, and they were very nice about it. My children age 10, age 10 and 12 don't think it's, it's embarrassing. They think it's cool. Um, normally Susan's a cyclist, um, but she thought she'd do something different. And I love the fact that she just actively got involved in this new experience and lived in the moment. She yeah. didn't she didn't think oh, I'm you know what I genuinely think a lot of people uh, hold their self back in their lives by thinking I'm to insert something here and you know none of us are too old to skateboard have we if I want to skateboard I can jump on a skateboard and do it there's one in the garden go and do I'm it I'm not going to do it because I don't give us a demonstration <laughs> no I mean I mean I did skip yesterday you halfway did. through the oh, but you do that all the time you did I do I do, do that all the time so what was the, what, what's the one thing that you'd like to take up post um, post lockdown Russ I'm, I'm doing a lot at the moment I'm, I ain't got time to take anything new up fair enough okay and what's the thing you're most proud of doing during lockdown I'm, I'm most proud of well you know we work together as well don't we so uh I'm most proud of the way HMB's picking up now and and how quick we got that process in place to yeah, it's good. run the event. HMB, for all our Kindness Project listeners, is a Facebook group we uh, uh, run for my local business community in Havering in uh, the East End of London. Not that you could tell we're in the East End of London if you heard... Uh, the way that Charlotte pairs tea with test. Um, <laughs> tea with crumpets. Um, <laughs> she's tickling me again. You don't tickle somebody on a podcast. What are you most proud of doing over the last... You've started writing a lot of articles, Charlotte, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, speaking of my life stuff, I'll do my, this, my one for this week. Uh, give it another three days. Uh, <laughs> Leave it to the last minute, won't yeah. um, I've been just kind of doing my thing, trying to get on, keep on carrying on. Studying. Yeah, yeah. Trying to bury myself under the weight of it. Yeah, no, exactly. But what are you most proud of, do you think, over the past year? I don't know. Nothing, really. Nothing? Are you joking? The girl who got a million GCSEs at A and... And, and absolutely stormed it and has started writing for a website. You should be proud of what you've done. Okay. Okay. Can I be proud on your behalf? Sure. Thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, and on that note, um, let me talk to you as well about um, Andy Dixon. Because Andy um, said, my unusual lockdown project at the age of 55 was to take part in two ultra-distance journeys in the Lake District. As that's Andy's home, um, he was able to do it without breaking COVID restrictions. Now, Andy's never, ever done an ultra journey before, um, but he did um, too. The Frog Graham, the Frog Graham, um, which involved swimming and running 70 kilometres, 
and then 15,000 feet of climbing, and then the Frog Wheaton, which is a swim cycle of 170 kilometres with 10,000 foot of climbing. Um, it's only 20 minutes from my door, so um, she, uh, he was the first person ever to compete, uh, complete what they call the double frog. So he trained for this in lockdown by swimming on his lawn because he couldn't get access to swimming pools and um, completed the second journey on the 29th of September in, at three in the morning, pitch black um, across Dermont Water um, more than 24 hours after I'd started. I think we went to Dermont Water, well, we went to Lake District, didn't I we? think so, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I did it partially because of... Um, uh, uh, he did it partially because of a diagnosis of osteoporosis in both knees. And he, he knew that if he didn't do it now, it, he'd never be able to do it ever. And it's probably the biggest achievement and adventure of his life. So, yeah, there are plenty of people um, doing amazing things in lockdown. Um, and next week, we're going to kick off the segment talking about a man who used lockdown to invent games. Um, uh, high fives don't really work on the podcast, but we'll give it a go anyway. Should we crack on with the show? Let's do it. So this week we've got um, an amazing guest, a lady we interviewed quite a while ago now, um, a lady called Jadine Saunders. She's an experienced author, publisher, uh, elementary school teacher, mother of three, an active advocate for body safety, gender equality and respectful relationship education. And during our interview, we talk about all of those subjects. Would you like to listen? Yes. Hi, Janine. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Really a real pleasure to have you on. And also just a massive thanks for you getting up ridiculously early this morning um, and and joining us. It's a, how, what's the time when, where you are? Oh, hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You're welcome. Um, it's just after 7 a.m. in the morning down here in um, Australia. Okay. Just outside of Melbourne. Okay. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I usually like to sleep in a little more. But that's okay. <laughs> and you, you were telling me before we started doing the podcast that you've had a bit of rain. We have. We've had incredible amount of rain, okay. which is just so odd. Yeah. Because this time of the year, it's usually very dry. Um, but yeah, great. It's been yeah. raining, which is fantastic. You want and, it, um, don't you? Yeah. Oh, it does. We, it's been our continent is very dry, yeah. very dry indeed. It's funny. So, we're yeah. we're we're currently going through. We've had a bit of a storm here um, over the last couple of days. So the storms oh. hit hit London, which is fine. Which you know, like sort of, we have we have sort of uh, not as extreme weather as some countries, but often as slightly extreme. Um, but I'm training for the London Marathon at the minute. I'm doing the London Marathon oh. in April. Um, wow. And um, right. not great running weather. <laughs> so so I, I, I went out yesterday for a run and uh, on the way out, it was great because I was having a, I was giving a bit of a boost. I had a, I had a tailwind. Running back when there was a headwind wasn't the easiest job in the world. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's all good fun. So, um, so, so our listeners can understand a little bit more about you. Can you tell us a little bit about you, life experience and what you've done throughout your life and career? Okay, well, um, let's see. I started out um, 
a teacher, okay. uh, a primary school teacher in Queensland, which is a little bit um, a state uh, north of where I am now. Okay. And, um, yeah, as I, s- I said before the podcast started, I had travelled quite extensively, so that was great. Mm. Um, and then in my sort of mid-20s, I decided I was teaching in a very small country town, so I decided to move down to Melbourne to actually study photography. Okay. Somehow found myself in publishing. Uh, they wanted um, a teacher in educational publishing, so I I got a job in publishing, and from there I became a publisher. Okay. Of, uh, maths books, actually, for primary school, which was all great. Um, so then I met my partner. We decided to teach English in Japan, so we went there for three and a half years. Yep. Um, my our first daughter Jess was born there and when we came back I decided that I didn't I wanted to live in the country and I didn't uh, want to be working all you know all the time so we established our own sort of little publishing business so I could work from home and so yeah it's all sort of gone from there and when was that teaching oh that's so long ago now let me think that would have been about 19. 96 okay I think so some time ago so um been publishing books I actually do write children's readers um, under another name Jay Dale um, and they're published in the UK by Raintree okay called Engaged Literacy so I've sort of been in the publishing industry and been in education for a long time and um, I was also on my children's school council and I asked them I decided that we needed to do more in the area of keeping children safe from sexual abuse. Not okay. that I have been abused myself, yeah. but my neighbour had been abused as a young woman. Okay. And um, so I brought this up at school council saying, you know, could we do more in the prevention space? And I called it body safety and they ignored me. <laughs> right, right. Do you think so, part of that's because it's... Because it's one of those things that is is, is uncomfortable. Is uncomfortable. Yeah, it's that okay. uncomfortable conversation, but yeah. it doesn't need to be. That's the whole point. Yeah. And as an educator, I could see that yeah. that you know we could um, do age appropriate, um, empowering education for children. Mm. And so when I came home from that school council meeting, I said to my partner Mark, um, you know, nobody's listening to me. I'm going to write a book and then they might listen to me. And so then that sort of week I wrote Some Secrets Should Never Be Kept, which was our first book okay. in our own kind of um, suite of books. publishing sphere. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, and why I did we did publish it ourselves, Chris, was because no other publisher wanted to publish it. Yeah. And we had to go to three illustrators before we could find an illustrator to illustrate it. And yeah. it's it's a you know, it's it written like a fairy tale, it's not graphic, it's just a little story that sends a very clear message. Yeah. Um so we decided to do it ourselves and that's how our publishing company started. Um, our small publishing companies, only two of us. Yeah. Educate to empower publishing. So that 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 was that was born out of necessity more than anything else, yes, wasn't it, Jenny? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was happy in education, publishing, writing my readers, and um, inventing other sorts of things. But I felt very strongly about this that we weren't doing enough in this space. And mm. since 
that book, so many um, survivors have yeah. said to me, um, if only they had known from that very first inappropriate touch it was wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. their lives would be completely different. So how do we power of prevention. How do we change the dialogue in that then? How do we make people <sighs> how do we how do we make people embrace the awkward conversation to make sure our kids are safe? Well, I think access to age-appropriate education, telling them that, you know, putting their fears away because it's actually the adult's fear. Um, Yeah. You know, we talk about your body is your body and no one can come inside your body boundary and if anyone... um, we talk about private parts and name them properly and if anyone touches you, this is what you do. It's very simple stuff, but yeah. it's really the parents and the educators who are frightened of this topic. It's stigma, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, the thing is we know from statistics that it can be as much as one in five girls and one in eight boys. Really? Is it that much? sexually abused yeah. before 18. Some say it's more mm. and 98% of them know they're abuser. So, you know, prevention is the easy part. It's the empowering part. Um, so well, I th- um, I think we the other change that conversation. I think the other mm. challenge you've got is, is you just don't know the scope of the issue because it's not mm. talked about. So it's... It's yeah. It's interesting you talk about um, the uh, age appropriate um, uh, uh, communication because I've um, I, I don't know if you've uh, I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix, but there's a documentary on Mister Rogers, the American, um, yes. the, the American, and um, I, I didn't know Mister Rogers is before I saw this documentary. So um, and it's amazing because he had a very simple style, um, but seemed to manage to communicate. Uh, I mean, one of his one of the subjects he covered off was the death um, to young kids. You know, kids of, of four or five years of age, um, and and seemed to do it in a way that was um, that 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 highlighted how to cope with the issue without making it too. Um, to age inappropriate and I think there's a fine how do you write like that how do you communicate like that because I'm not convinced that's something I I could do firstly I'd like to say sorry Chris but the first thing is that if it's it's no good putting it in the too hard basket because you actually your children no favours and in the case of body safety education you actually put them at risk there are a lot of people out there who um Oh, you know, are your new best friend? They're always there to help out. And if your child doesn't know that kind of touch is wrong, their unsafe touch, then you you actually by putting things in the too hard basket, you're putting them at risk. Yeah, so gotcha. what we need to do is, and and I guess this is where I guess you know my skill is that I can write in a way that is a child's voice that they can relate to. So, you know, we've all been children, and I'm just lucky I can tap into that. Your inner child. child. Yeah, yeah, and write in a way that they understand. Um, Mm. So recently, you know, the book that probably is is one that I um, am very proud of is called My Body, What I Say Goes. Okay. Now, um, that's written in a very... Easy style, easy to understand, mm. and the children just get it. And the other thing about that book is, we we gifted that one, that one okay. to 
World Vision India. Okay. And they've printed, they've translated it into 10 Indian languages and they printed, they intend to print 1.5 million copies to give away to families. Amazing. Homes. And they've actually in service 900 teachers to implement that book. And that book, My Body, What I Say Goes, has every it's kind of it's non-fiction so it's kind of skill-based everything yeah. a kid needs to know like a toolkit to and for parents and educators to help them stay safe okay so yeah it's love great. it <laughs> love it um and, and and again it's access to knowledge that's probably not particularly widely available in some cultures right you know it's just like oh. these conversations don't happen they do not happen. Yeah. They do not happen. So, you know, being able to, by by people now, we have a giving back page. So by people now, you know, buying our books or, or whatever, the books I write, then we are able to give back to communities that would never be able to afford these books yet Love so it. desperately need them. Love it. So, you know, it's all a win-win really, mm. isn't it? Yeah, no, it's great. It's, no, it's great. <laughs> and, 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 and tell me a little bit more about the publishing company. So it's you and your husband. Um, but yeah, can my I- husband and I, yeah. and, um, a young woman called Sharnika who works um, a day a week with us and, helping you with social media and, because, you know, that's how people get to know us. It um, is, right. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, and he does – I do all the writing and the teaching notes and all the free resources. We have a lot of free resources and posters, so okay. even if people can't afford the books, there's lots of free stuff there. Um, and my partner, Mark, does all the technical side and the, you know, getting the books printed yeah. and um, inventory and all that kind of stuff that okay. I really hate. <laughs> and do you, do you specialise in uh, – educating kids about subjects that just aren't covered conventionally? I I specialise in areas that I feel I've got something to say. Okay. I feel that we're... You know, we're ignoring that space. So it started with body safety and I feel that everyone was uncomfortable with that. So I'm like, well, I'm not, so I'm going to talk about it. Okay. So that's that area. And then, you know, it sort of morphs from there. So you talk about body safety. Okay, now you need to talk about consent and what's that yeah. mean. Yeah. body boundaries and respect okay so now you need to talk about gender equality because you know we need to we know that um, domestic and family violence uh, gender inequality is the basis of that and we yeah. know that 98% of the abusers are males so we need to teach our young boys from a young age about consent and respect and yeah. seeing all genders as equal and humans as just humans yeah. so then that morphed into okay what's that looks like okay we need some empathy we need kindness we need um, all of those things so for yeah. me it's all part of one whole and that's the space I want to ride in because yeah. that's where I see the need and it's interesting because I think my perspective and we talked before uh, before we'd start recording the podcast on on kids but my perspective certainly changed when I when Charlotte first Charlotte and then Sophie was born and you look at mm. you look at their lives and go I want you to be independent women who want to do whatever you want with your life um, and you need to make sure that you've got the confidence to do that and I think sometimes society isn't equal enough uh, isn't fair enough to women uh, or girls well I mean they're 
there was a, a survey done at a mm. university and they asked boys and uh, men and women, um, what do you do to keep yourself safe? Mm. Now, the women wrote, oh, you know, I look in the car when I get in, I make sure I'm carrying my keys so they're poking out in case I need them. I always have my phone. Um, I never go running after dark. I always go with a friend when I'm out walking in the park. And the, bo- and the men, they didn't think about it. There was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's the inequality. Women yeah. women are always looking out, how am I safe? Yeah. And, yeah. and I've said this to my partner, and I know this is a little bit hard for some people to digest, but when a man sees a woman coming along the road, he'll probably go, oh, okay, who's that? And, is, you know, is she attractive, I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah. Woman sees a man coming along the road, and I have three daughters. They go, okay, am I safe? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, is this person going to whistle at me? Are they going to look at me? Am I, are they going, you know, do I have to avert my eyes? Um, You know, they're looking out for their safety. And is this a world we want to bring up our daughters and our sons because our sons are missing out? With gender inequality, you know, they got to man up, they can't, we want them to be nurturing, beautiful fathers. You know, we want them to be, show their feelings like, um, you know, kindness and empathy, yeah. and, and not be afraid to do that, right? Not be afraid exactly. to to turn around and go. You know, you're you're still a man if you are empathetic and kind. And there's, you know, what's interesting? We we interviewed a guy called um, Nick Elston on the podcast. It was out. It, it came out a few weeks ago, and um, he talks about um, admitting weakness. He talks a lot. He, he oh. speaks at events about. Anxiety and vulnerability. He, 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 and and part of the reason that he got to a point where he he finds himself, his career is now talking about anxiety, is he got to a point in his life and his career where everybody was telling him to man up, and he just he just. Uh, couldn't take it anymore. He needed to talk to somebody about it. Um, and I, I, I just wonder how many men go through that process of assuming that you can't pretend you're struggling. I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, look, it does them no favours. So that's why gender equality is so important as well because yeah. if we teach from a young age, it's okay for our little boys to say, I feel really sad yeah. and this is, you know, I, because of this. And yeah. and we say, yeah, you go to the doll corner, you cook up a lovely meal. I mean, this is what we need our boys to do. We, it's okay for it to say, oh, you know, girls are empowered and they are and that's great. And, but we don't, you know, we don't always want to be uh, just a version of men. Yeah. We yeah. want to be women and we want our men and we want men to be men and whatever. We want to redefine that word man, yeah, which often means. has toxic, you know, toxic connotations. Yeah. We want it to be, you know, human. Mm. And this, this be a lot more empathy and kindness for both genders and all genders mm. if everybody was thinking of us in terms of equal. Mm. Um, so how we do that, I think we need to start from a very young age. We need to change the conversation. I just know when I was teaching young children, like very young, like preppies, which is sort of four and five, mm. the dress-up box, the boys and the girls loved it just as much as each other. You know, mm. some of those boys would get into the, the princess dress and put on the jewellery and have so much fun and enjoy it. Now, that doesn't mean they're transgender. 
That just no. means they enjoy feeling nice, you know, the silks and swishy of a skirt, just like a young girl. It's play, isn't and it? That's okay. It's play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely right. Um, now, it's okay. Now, one one of your books uh, is "Be the Difference," yes. and in it, yes. you talk about some of the ideas kids can use to mm. just engender positive change, to create positive change. Can you just share a few of those ideas with us? Well, look, that book came from I was walking on the beach okay. uh, with my uh, a couple of years ago. I was listening to a song. I don't know if you know Missy Higgins, but she's a um, a singer here in Australia, and she okay. was singing her song called um, "The Difference." You know, we can all make a difference in small ways. And I, I started chatting to this lady, and we started talking about her partner and just on the beach. And, and I was talking a little bit about gender and stuff with her, and she's like, "Oh, I've never thought that before." And I'm going to go home, and I'm going to say that to my husband. And no, 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 and I thought. You know, just that little conversation yeah. made a difference. Yeah. It was only a small thing, but it, it did make a difference. So then I thought, okay, how can – kids are very anxious right now. They're worried about climate change. They're worried about so many different things, and they want to do something. So how can we help kids just in small ways make a difference? So yeah. I decided that the, the three areas of the book – so there's 40-plus ideas in there to use for families or schools, and they cover three sections. So empathy and kindness is first. Mm. The second is um, talking about uh, gender and racial equality, and the third is how we can care for and love for the environment. Okay. So there's, uh, yeah, there's 40-plus ideas. There's um, some also highlighting other kids who are doing great things. Um, yeah, so I'm really proud of that book. And Good. I think... Um, it might make a difference if we have our kids read. And and what what ideas specifically did you have for kids to use around empathy and kindness? Okay, so um, let's see. You know, basically um, collecting um, old clothes that they might have and giving them to a homeless shelter, okay. uh, raising money for um, something that they yeah Care feel about. strongly about, yeah, yeah. like the bushfire animals. Kids can get together and have a fundraiser for that. Yeah. Um, having an empathy classroom where they all work out their rules that they're going to use in their classroom and live by those rules. Okay. Um, yeah, different things like that. Oh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and and you're, you're, I mean, you, what you're talking about here, Janine, yeah. is it's an, like, it's, it's things that aren't typically taught in school, right? So particularly as kids get older. So you may they may learn English or maths or science or, or art and design. But how important do you think it is for softer skills, for these human skills to be taught? It's everything, isn't it? It's yeah, everything. I agree. It's why we find ourselves in wars. It's why we find ourselves in, you know, all sorts of different conflicts, even down at the pub. Yeah. It's it's so important how to have social and emotional intelligence. Firstly, I firstly, I, I mean, I, I don't get in conflicts down the pub, but you, you speak for yourself. <laughs> um, but secondly, do you think that the – do you think the reason – the part of the reason we don't teach it is because it isn't easily measured you know how do you yeah. how do you define okay. success so that was jd she's a bit awesome isn't she yeah yeah it's good um and she was in australia i think at the time of um at the time of the interview so 
potentially she might have been our longest distance interviewee ever. Maybe. Um, and we've had a few across the world, so it'd be interesting to see whether that's the case. So, I think we've had uh, Singapore. We've had Singapore, yeah, that is true. Um, I've got the feeling Australia might top it, though. But um, Australia's we'll, pretty far. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We've never had anybody from New Zealand, though, so that might be uh, that might be a step. Shall we? Um, shall we move on to the next stage of the uh, show? Sure. Tis the end. I got that right. It, it is the end. It is the yeah, end. It is the end. Tis the end. I think. Of <laughs> Uh, last week's question in the podcast was um, what are the things that you'd wished you'd known before um, like you, the stuff that you wished you'd figured out sooner and we've got some amazing um, answers slash life advice nice. so let's talk about that um, it's number two on there Charlotte uh, Sam Chilton said friendship is quality <laughs> quality over quantity yeah I agree with that um, Les friends but really deeper relationships is always better David Forsdyke said happiness is found in people not in things what do you think of that that's true okay <laughs> Cassie Dames oh mum uh, said <laughs> oh mum <laughs> all mums are in um... <laughs> failure is not always a bad thing as long as we learn from it I, I feel like that one is aimed at me. It, I, I don't think it was aimed at you, but I love the way you reacted when you just went, uh, you went from professional podcast mode where you went, Cassie Dames, oh mum. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Carry On film? No. Oh mum. And I love that advice. Failure is, all, is not always a bad thing as long as we learn from it. I absolutely love uh, I don't know how to say Bill that. Fitzgibbon said trying to please others um, doesn't always please you and it's okay not to please others and walk your own path Johnny Piper said do a job you're passionate about rather than one that pays best Justin Gaffney said that when I was young and had hair I was cute and could have, have had much more fun of an adult nature if I had more confidence and self esteem yeah, Justin, you should have, um, you, you know, you, you... You should have gone wild. You should have gone wild, didn't you? Why was my first act, uh, reaction when you said you should have gone wild was exactly what you said, wild in the aisles. Um, clearly, I need to get a Hubble. Definitely this year. Um, and that, my friends, is another episode of The Kindness Project. Woo! Would you like to finish the show? Bye. With a song. No. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, my friends, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>